in a world where people try to do stuff they don't know how to do. One man, okay, two men, are standing by with the best advice on Earth. Ow. Well, most of the time. Welcome to the all-around Home Improvement Hour. Now here's Charles Thayer and the man they call the Polish Powerhouse. this on? this thing working? There we go. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This is the All Around Home Improvement Hour. We are live. It's March 3rd, finally, into some warmer weather, and we're looking forward to talking with you and our guests here for the next hour about all things home improvement related. Let's do it. Yes, yes, y'all. Getting it done and doing it right, right here in St. Louis Park, Minnesota, in the iHeart Studios. This is the All Around Home Improvement Hour, and I am Slayer Home Improvement Thayer. I said that backwards. That's fine. Thayer Home Improvement Slayer. I'm still trying to get used to that whole thing. Took me a second to... Yeah. And that voice that you just heard is the one, the only, the very Polish... Polish powerhouse. Hey, remember that time that Stan figured out how to say we get it done and we do it right? Oh, we're going to have him do that again for sure. That was pretty awesome. Oh, please. That was that was the best. Uh, and we might have to record that and use that on, on a spot or two during the rest of the year. Is this really a caller right now? Or is this... Are we, is, do we have a caller already? I'm I guessing even... it's left over from the last show, but I'll check on it. Well, yeah. I mean, because if they're working on their finances, it's probably to do a home improvement project with all around. Good point. So they got their finances in order with Terry Sandvold, and uh, they want to talk to the Polish powerhouse. Folks, this is the All Around Home Improvement Hour. Every single week, we come at you from noon to one with topics related to the home improvement industry, DIY stuff, troubleshooting stuff, and our own personal experiences from out in the field. Uh, we are live, so that means you can call in right now to our studio and ask us any question you'd like or bring up a subject, and we can possibly talk about it if we have time. This week, I'm really, really excited. This is my favorite week to take phone calls because we have in studio with us a real live living. We captured him outside. Uh, it was tough to do, but we got him alive. He's a unicorn. Yep, we brought him in, a living attorney, a lawyer. Somebody that sues people. He's got the license to sue. Welcome to the studio, Bill Geschwind. Nice to be here. Uh, glad you pulled me off the street. I, you know, I was getting it was go- old standing out there on the corner with my cardboard sign looking for some clients. <laughs> yeah, and your cup was pretty empty. Well, we know that the majority of those guys have more money than most of us. They just they found um, a passion in holding a cardboard sign and saying. I'm just kidding. That's terrible. I, I, I think I mentioned the other day to you, Charles. I saw one. I, I give the guy a lot of ingenuity. His sign said that he was looking for money to help pay his tuition to HVAC school. I was very impressed. 
Well, there's a lot of different ways to go about it. I think that a few people may have found that. Um, oh, that's <laughs> actually pretty good. It was pretty good. I, I, Noble. I was impressed. Noble? Well, now, nowadays people are setting up GoFundMe uh, pages when it's their birthday just for, for everything. Them. Well, not to mention the fact that we need a lot more people in HVAC as well as all the rest of the trades. So let's go. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm glad you brought that up. And we also have, very honored to have him in studio with us, a real life celebrity here in the Twin Cities and just a great guy, good friend, and our mentor that helped us start this show, uh, say, oh, five, four, five years ago, somewhere in that area there, Ryan O'Neill. With the Minnesota real estate team, Ryan, welcome, bud. Top of the morning to you. Thank you. <laughs> Good to see you guys. Yes. How are you? Glad to have you. And, and my you, last name is O'Neill. Yes, it is. You and got that down pretty good, right? I do. So. We spent a week in Ireland last year. How was that? <laughs> Only a week. Year. No, we spent ten days. The O'Neill family traveled the um, traveled Ireland for ten days. Went across the pond. We wanted to bring Bill with. Bill would have been. Bill's the type of guy you seem like you're. You'd be fun to travel with, though, Bill. You're easygoing. You're pleasant. You know, it'd be fun to travel. Well, I don't know about all that, but uh, the Guinness, the Guinness would would at yes. least be a good start. I'd have fun there. See, I don't know if I could do that because going out with Bill, you know, you may think, well, he's going to keep us from getting into trouble. I would look at that as like running around with an armored shield on. You know, getting kind of, having a really good time. Confident. And, yeah, probably getting into more trouble than I would have if I, if I didn't have uh, yeah. Bill with. Guys, I wanted to bring up a story from earlier this week. It's one that, that finally came to um, what we hope is a conclusion. But it, it was kind of, it started out a, an unfortunate story. And I hope that the listeners uh, can take something away from this. So all around, as you know it, we, we don't make our living in, in radio. We are an exterior contractor. We work on roofs, windows, siding, and decks. And decks is probably the least of what we do, but we do help people with maintenance-free or low-maintenance uh, composite decking. And a couple years ago, I think it was in 2013, we had a deck built on a rooftop unit um, overlooking the St. Croix, v- very nice building, um, condominium building, four, five stories up. And this, uh, these folks had a rooftop unit where they could r- see the St. Croix River right in front of them. They're the penthouse. It was a, it's a nice property. Yeah, gorgeous unit. If, if they're listening now, um, they know all about this, but they probably don't know the, what happened after uh, their part of the story. Anyhow, we built the deck, and in doing so, um, all around utilizes subcontractors that we vet, we interview, a lot of them we have long-term relationships with, and every once in a while we're bringing on new subcontractors to add to our workforce. So I'm not trying to hide from that fact at all. Matter of fact, it's nothing to hide from. Uh, Bill, wouldn't you say, if you were to just throw a percentage of exterior contractors that utilize subcontractors versus employees, what would you say? Just just a guess. More than 80%, probably closer to 90 95%. And that's not just with the exterior contractors. I think that exists with most residential construction in the Twin Cities. And probably, wouldn't you even say more so with the exterior contractors? Absolutely. Yes. Yep, so absolutely. it's not an uncommon thing, and it's nothing to run away from. If you're hiring your contractor and you're asking them, do you use subs or are you using just employees? Um, the, the answer to that doesn't necessarily have to make you run in one direction or the other. Um, but... 
back to the story. So we hired <laughs> back to the story. Come on, Charles. <laughs> Keep it moving. Well, yeah, I have a, we're on a we're on we're a timeline kidding. here. Sorry. We got to give him a bad time, so, Bill. So we no, built we a, a rooftop platform deck. Um, so if you're picturing tar and pebbles on top of a, a roof, flat roof on top of this condominium building, we basically just built the deck up another foot or so above that so they could have a comfortable place to enjoy their outside time and overlook the St. Croix. When we hired that subcontractor and they, that subcontractor did the work, that subcontractor failed to follow the recommendations and guidelines set forth by the manufacturer of that building material. I'm going to go ahead and put the manufacturer's name out there because I'm really happy with the manufacturer. Well, they didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, Trex was the uh, building material that we used. That subcontractor failed to follow the installation guidelines and specifications. So uh, just to keep it simple, how, how would you describe this, Nick? The the end of the plank, the end of the decking boards weren't fastened properly. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a rooftop deck, so we took just lumber, treated lumber, uh, that was used to secure the deck boards together. There are requirements for how many clips are supposed to be used at the butt joints. A butt joint is where two pieces come together and meet. Uh, we didn't have a proper amount of butt joints, which caused the boards to expand and contract more than what they should. So in layman's terms, if you could picture a lot of the planks on the deck were starting to cup upward and lo- kind of like ski jump. Coming I, out I, of the lock is probably, yeah, like yeah. coming unlocked, basically. Yeah. Correct. And this is caused by expansion and contraction, but it was causing trip hazards all over this deck, over 80% of this deck. And then there were areas where we could see heaving and cupping, and it was just very clear, even though we were past the one-year mark, and we'll get to that maybe later on in the show, how one year doesn't always necessarily matter. If that's all you have for a warranty, that doesn't necessarily mean uh, that's it, one year and um, you're on your own. But anyhow, these folks had contacted all around. It was about two years after having the deck built, and we had contacted the subcontractor to join us in a meeting where we were going to meet there with the homeowners, with the manufacturer's rep, and and us and the subcontractor. So all parties involved, which is the best way to do it. And everybody discusses what's happening, inspects what's happening to the material, and determines a cause. What happened? What went wrong? And quite frankly, whose fault is it? Right, Bill? I mean, well, part of it's whose fault is it, and the other part is how do we fix it? How do we make this right for the customer? And who's right? responsible for those costs, right? At, at some point, that usually comes up. That's <laughs> unfortunately where I usually get dragged into Right, absolutely. Um, so what All Around did, and I, I only have about 40 seconds to wrap this up, so what, <laughs> what All Around did was we contacted that subcontractor. That subcontractor at first had sounded like they were going to come and help out and check out and do the inspections and follow with the process of remedying the issue but unfortunately that subcontractor went AWOL missing stopped answering phone calls text messages everything and so we were left with what do we do even though we weren't the ones that didn't follow the manufacturer specs all around was the company that was hired we are the general contractor we have an obligation to our customer of course we corrected the problems but then we were left with the seven thousand roughly dollars and the time that it took to remedy this issue. And so that happens all the time. This is a real life scenario. This is, I mean, this happened to us, but it's happening every single year. And so we're going to talk uh, in the later segments of the show about 
the relationship between a subcontractor, the contractor, and the homeowner, and what that means to the homeowners. I really welcome your calls today. We can get you um, some advice. I don't know, Bill, if we can call it legal advice. I, we can, we can, <laughs> we can give you some advice from from uh, from us people that are in the industry every single day, and uh, something hopefully you can take with you that'll improve whatever your situation is. The number to call. We're going to go to a break here, but the number to call after the break: eight hundred eight five four nineteen seventy eight eight hundred eight five four nineteen seventy eight, and we'll be right back. Jackal. Is that what that is, huh? I think so. Stan can confirm. Stan's I've given the nods up. Polish Powerhouse, we're going to mark you up on the board. Second time ever in my uh, the history of the show that I've got it's, the band right. It's fine. Just keep track. It should be easy. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah, well, hey, two fingers so far. So, folks, if you want to call in, now's the time to call in. Ask us about, uh, I mean, tell us about an experience you had, or maybe you're in right now with uh, working with a contractor and things aren't going well. I know that with last year's storm, oh, yeah. there is going to be a tremendous amount of fallout when it comes to relationships between homeowners, contractors, subcontractors, all the above, uh, because quite frankly, a lot of a lot of contractors bit off a lot more than they could chew with with all of the activity last year. So welcome back. Uh, we are live. The number to call in, 800-854-1978. 800-854-1978. Polish Powerhouse and I are in studio here with Ryan O'Neill, the Minnesota real estate team, who's going to join us in on this next conversation. And then also our attorney at All Around, great guy, friend, Bill Geschwind with Minnesota Construction Law Services. So, Bill... Uh, the the big topic that I wanted to discuss today was that relationship between subcontractor, contractor, and homeowner. So we could we should just start from the beginning. Beginning, I think that question gets asked all the time. So, do you hire subs or do you have your own employees? Mm-hmm. Right. All the time, all the time. And uh, in this industry, it's very common that the general contractors. I, I, I like to refer to them more as the conductors of the orchestra. Their job is to make sure that all the people in the band play together. They work well together. Um, they take responsibility for for the overall sound of the music and the audience. The homeowners get to sit back and listen to a greatly played or, uh, orchestra, greatly played tune. And the nice thing is that if one of the instruments starts playing badly, it's the responsibility of the conductor. The general contractor takes responsibility for the overall project and doesn't leave that with the homeowner. It's a great thing. So when a homeowner is signing up and then they hear, um, well, yes, we do utilize subcontractors to do the work, what are some suggestions that you have on kind of maybe some next steps for that homeowner on what they should ask or maybe should be concerned about? Well, first off, I think it's important to understand, and a lot of the contractors that we work with that hire subs actually refer to their subs as trade partners. Sure. These are important business partnerships that are created between the the people that have the skills in the trade and the general contractor that's making sure that the project is being coordinated, understands the permit pulling, understands how to bring all the different trades together at the right times, works mm-hmm. with the suppliers and brings it together. So subcontractors are not... Uh, these these unknown third party uh, groups of people that just whip in on a job and whip right, out. Right, right. The days of posting like ten jobs on the board and seeing who shows up 
in their trucks and that's right you know uh, uh handing them out i mean that's kind of uh maybe maybe still in the wild west maybe down in texas they're still doing that some it could be <laughs> around here we just don't see it that much the, the the these are truly trade partners that are in a subcontractor relationship with the general contractor yeah correct uh, the, and, and i think you know charles you touched on as you d- explained the story the, the piece that's most important and that is that that the general contractor retains control of the project, is ultimately responsible for the performance of the project to the homeowner. Mm-hmm. If a trade subcontractor, uh, trade partner doesn't get the job done properly, the homeowner's recourse is to work with that general contractor that they originally had the relationship with, and it's that person's responsibility to get it done. And as you, as all around did in the case you're talking about, they went out and found other people that would come in and fix the project and make sure it was taken care of, even though it had some problems of its own dealing with the trade partner that they were working with. Right. Now, uh, I want to bring up this fact because it's important. When there's a problem with the quality of work, homeowners have an obligation to allow the contractor to inspect their work and to remedy the problem, correct? Tell me if I'm saying it right. Um, Homeowners have a responsibility to allow the contractor to participate in that process if they are going to look to the contractor for recovery of money or or to take, you know, to, 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 if the homeowner wants to go out and hire somebody else and fix it, and and pay the other people and not involve the contractor, they can do that. But if they expect the contractor to take responsibility, they have to bring them in. Now, let me ask you this. We always give the opportunity for the subcontractor. I shouldn't say always. 99% of the time, we give the opportunity for the subcontractor to take a look at what they did, Mm -hmm. discuss it, and see if they can come up, uh, if we can all come up with a way that they're going to take care of it. If we don't feel confident that that particular subcontractor has the ability to take care of it, then what do we do? Well, then typically you, the the general contractor all around, uh, as they did in this case, then finds other uh, trade partners that they have other relationships with and brings those people in to help them fix the but problem. But we don't have an obligation to make sure that the original subcontractor has to take care of it. No, that's correct. The In, in fact, um, one of the beauties is that the general contractor oftentimes identifies that the, the, the partner that did it doesn't have the skill and is going to find someone who does and not bring that trade partner back right. in. Okay, perfect. We're going to take a call from Wilbert. Wilbert, where are you calling from? Interesting. Mm. Yeah, we can't help you with that, Wilbert. I'm, are you there, Wilbert? Anyone? Okay, we might have lost Wilbert. We we do encourage him to call back. 800-854-1978. 800-854-1978. So, Ryan... To continue, uh, just to kind of finish up with the story that I had in the first segment. Yes, yes, please. Okay. So not all around took care of that deck. We, we were up against a timeline. The, the lady had said, hey, we're going to get married on this deck. This is where we've always wanted to get married. Um, my husband's an attorney, she said, and he's got a lot of time on his hands. So you guys better figure this out. So we said, you know, we, we know what's up here. We're responsible. It doesn't look good. Even though our subcontractor was not willing to come out and meet us, check it out, do anything, completely went AWOL, we said we're going to go ahead and fix this deck. And we did it in time. They got married. It was a great thing. We got some thank you letters. We, you know, you know they're, they're still fans of all around. But now we're left with $7,000 or so that in cost to remedy this issue for a problem that a trade partner, right, Bill? That's a go. nice... Uh, there you go. So so as the general contractor, it's important to choose your trade partner wisely. Is that 
Would that be acceptable? It is. Yes, that's why the majority of them we've had long-term relationships with, and we work with them every single day. Okay. It's just every once in a while when you're either at capacity or it's a specialty item or something you don't deal with every single day. And this really was a specialty project. Five stories up, material had to be craned up. It's on a flat. It's on a, uh, um, a rooftop tar- deck. Rooftop deck, tar and pebble roof. This isn't your standard deck. So we're outsourcing, and, and quite frankly, we picked the wrong trade partner. Bottom line but we took care of it for the homeowner most important so they're they're happy now we have the seven thousand dollar bill that's where our good friend bill gashwin comes in dun, dun, dun. Yeah, says we're not gonna have that hey guys uh wilbert's on the line i want to get to him before before he gets cut <laughs> off again wilbert thanks for calling where are you calling from uh, i'm calling from actually i'm calling from down farmington area okay great well we love people from farmington wilbert what's going on how can we help uh, I'm just curious about this spring. This spring, uh, you know, the, 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 it's fun and everything, and I was just wondering what's the best best way to clean the, get that ice out of it, the gutters. Yeah, especially this spring, Nick. You know, with the water, a lot of stuff going on there. It's definitely happening when you get the temperatures during the day that's letting it melt and then it's refreezing at night as far as the gutters go i mean the number one thing is keep the snow off the roof the snow is what's making the water that's freezing in the gutters it's a tough thing to do this time of year to keep the ice out of there short of having the snow removed a steamer is an option there's a lot of companies like ours that offer uh snow removal and ice removal through steam that's a safe way to do it um sorry real quick yeah wilbert what problem are you having well, it's, it's just kind of icing up, and water's running over, and it's taking the, the shingles that are buckling up underneath. It, sounds like an ice dam. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like an ice dam. Mm. Yeah, okay. All right, so has water gotten in your house yet? Uh, nope, not yet. Okay. Well, that, well, that's good news. Yeah. Yeah. Like Nick said, first, if you can if you can avoid the problem completely by pulling off the first four to six feet of snow off the roof, then you wouldn't have the ice dam. But if but if you haven't done that, and it sounds like you haven't, the next step is somehow figure out how to safely remove the ice. And uh, most of the time, we result to some sort of a steamer. But I'll tell you what, Wilbert, another day like today, or old old guy to get up there. There, you know, that's why. Yeah, call all around or roof to deck. Roof to deck has about thirty nine steamers. We only have one, uh, and it's in Farmington's a little ways from us. But we certainly would help you out if you were if that was the last. Um, hey, Wilbur, what do you think of Charles and Nick? Uh, what, what do you mean? I mean, what do you think of their show here? Are you fan? Are you a citizen of the All Around Home Improvement Hour? It's about to be. Well, I, I, I'm from out of town. Wilbert, what do you think about Donald Trump? Who? Donald Trump? Don- oh yeah. Aren't we up against a break, Charles? Yeah, we are. It sounds like he's a fan of Trump and the All Around Home Improvement Hour, Wilbert. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you betcha. Yeah. Yeah. Give him hell, Wilbert. I love music. I Uh, love music. Trumpets. Yep. All right. We'll hit him with the music, Stan. We're out of here. We'll be back right after the break. Hey. Welcome back. 
Just going to hear this song kind of un- unravel here. Actually, I think Wilbur's on the line. That's Linkin Park. And Wilbur is uh, listening to Linkin Park right now. Uh, welcome back. This is the All Around Home Improvement Hour. We're hanging out in studio with Bill Geschwind with Minnesota Construction Law Services and our good friend Ryan O'Neill. Um, just a, a tail end of the, the legal segment, if you will. So, Bill, when hiring a contractor that then hires subcontractors, which, again, we've stated several times, is very, very common, almost in the 90 percentile, you're going to find that your residential contractors hire subcontractors. We have a lot of people that say, well, we'd like to see the insurance of your subcontractor. We'd like to see the uh, workers' comp of mm-hmm. your subcontractor. And we want to be named on every policy before we go into this contract or before we start work. Sure. What do you say to that? Well, the, the, the main thing I would say is, is I understand their concerns, and maybe they've had a bad experience in the past, but what's most important is that their, their responsibility is with their contractor. Their contractor has the responsibility directly to them. The subcontractors have no responsibility or duty to those homeowners. Okay. Um, and the homeowners really have very little ability to um, seek any kind of recovery or redress of problems directly with the subcontractor. The relationship between the owner and the, and the general contractor is the important one. And I would just add to this, Charles, I had two calls this week from homeowners who, dis, who who thought that they would do their own general contracting? They would try to pull their own permits. They would hire all of their own contractors, and and a lot of people think that there's a bunch of money to be saved by doing that. Good luck. Um, as general contractors, um, you guys would probably be able to uh, share how much work it is to coordinate projects, to to look at and understand the good quality trade partners when they're coming in to have a good idea of what work they can do, and then when the occasional thing goes wrong, and they do go wrong, these calls were because things went wrong. Um, you have the resources to be able to get that fixed and get it taken care of for homeowners. So there's a lot of uh, reason why I would encourage homeowners before they start going out looking to, to do their own general contracting uh, to, to do consider all the benefits of working with the general contractor. Also, be very careful that the contractors you're working with are properly licensed in the state. Mm-hmm. It, it may or may not say anything about the skill level that they have, but it certainly says that they pay some attention to their work. And we're running into a lot of situations where contractors aren't licensed, but they're telling their homeowners it's not a big deal and I can do the job for you more cheaply. Well, and if they're not following that rule, what else won't they follow? What else will what they else follow? Will they and wrong? and uh, this is one of those situations where truly you get what you pay for. And and if you're finding cheap contractors out there, I'd be pretty be pretty concerned. I think the one thing people forget about is the time part of it, right? Where they go into it Absolutely. thinking they're going to save all this money, but they forget about all the time it takes to actually do what it is that they're trying to do, the job of the general contractor. And then in the end, they regret most time, not always, majority of the time, they regret doing it and probably never try it again. Well, most of the time they've never done it before, and they've got the, someone told them it really wasn't that big a deal. General contractor doesn't do a whole lot. They just Looks add easy a bunch on of markup to the project. That's right. <laughs> well, and That's yeah, right. With, without, you know, without beating it like a dead horse. And, and again, this is a home improvement show, so we definitely love do DIY and the spirit of doing things of yourself. But I like to look at DIY projects like this. If I screw this up, if this doesn't go the way that I, that it's supposed to go, how much money am I looking at to have somebody come in and rescue me? Undo what I did. On a short, yeah, undo what I did, but on a short notice yep. 
Okay, and what does that look like? It right? costs more because your wife is mad. It took six months. The bathroom <laughs> still isn't finished. That's right. And the toilet leaks. Yes. So you, you look at it from a worst-case scenario because there are certainly things that you can afford to screw up, do over again, have fun, laugh about it, get yourself dirty, You know, maybe maybe uh, break a nail or pound, uh, smash a finger or two. No big deal. But there are certainly things, whoa, I'm really over my head now and don't even – we've seen nightmares where people don't even have the financial ability to get them out of the situation that they're in, and that's always unfortunate. Bill, I, I'm just going to say, what's the best way for contractors out there that want to be compliant, want to have all, uh, uh, their collections handled, and, and also if, if there's nightmare stories out there that, that homeowners need some direction, what's the best way for people to get involved? Sure. Well, you can certainly visit our website at www mncls.com um, or you can give us a call 651-484-4412 651-484-4412 that's uh, actually the way we found you was googling construction lawyer and so uh, kudos to uh, whoever you have handle your uh, search engine and marketing and online marketing presence, but um, you're on a very short list there. So you can also always go to allaround.com and click on the trusted affiliates tab and you will be able to find Minnesota construction law services right there alongside many of our trusted affiliates and uh, preferred partners of the show and all around right there by our good friend, Ryan O'Neill with the Minnesota Real Estate Team number one selling team ever in history of the universe. Well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> well, there is that one planet that that happens to you know be doing well. No, it's fun to join you guys. Thanks. Uh, I, I'm with Remax Advantage Plus. Uh, really, actually, it's a good topic today. Thinking of all the people who've done work on their homes yeah. and stuff, and understanding some of the the liability. I would think, um, yeah, just something to be aware of. Nick, if I can comment on one thing, you know, it's similar in real estate, too. You know, I'm, um, you comment about, you know, being a do-it-yourselfer. Yep. Same thing in this market. You know, we've got limited homes for sale in the Twin Cities. So a lot of people are wanting to be do-it-yourselfers. Sure. And, um, you know, as a consumer, I, I understand it. I totally understand it. But also... Um, from, I guess, over the last 15 years of working in the real estate business, I see the value of what a really good agent brings to a transaction, both on both sides of the, uh, the buying side as well as the listing side. And so um, we're all about helping people and wanting to save money, but also the, the result is important at the end of the day. In other words, do you get the home? Do you get the offer accepted? Does the deal close? And as much as real estate is changing, you know, there's a lot of new portals and different things, it's still a service-based human industry. Right. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, that's going to go away, and, you know, you got all these other things going on. And yeah, yeah, people, even uh, buying cars, Trivago, on, you know, <laughs> buy a car online, don't, you know what I mean, all kinds of stuff. Everything Ryan, can... Yeah, Ryan, I bet a good agent makes the process look so easy that the homeowner thinks it's an easy process. Yeah, it, it is, and what happens, too, this is the same kind of market in 2005 and six. Um, I started in 2003 when it was a really good market to be a seller, and what happens in those kind of markets are people see less value in brokers, in agents, and the do-it-yourselfers come out more so. And um, it's it's interesting because I had a friend who owned a, um, 
I won't say what company, but a very discount uh, real estate brokerage in 2005, 2006. And um, he ended up um, closing his brokerage after a couple years um, as the market kind of shifted, which often happens. You know, when things get a little tougher, then people say, well, maybe we do need an agent. But in this case, what was interesting is, is I asked him, I said, why did you close your brokerage? You know, what happened? And he said, um, you know, I understand as a consumer, everybody wanted a deal. They wanted to save money. Um, but I was still doing, I still had the same amount of work and same amount of effort that I needed to put forth to get the file to the closing line. Mm-hmm. And so it, it basically ended up where, you know, people were wanting full service, but, but not wanting to pay for it. And so what happened is he just said, you know, this is not good. This is not good for me. It's not good for the industry. It's not good for, for anybody. So it's just, yeah, it's kind of a long rant. Sorry, yeah, I didn't well, mean to no, get on I, that. I think it goes back to the old, you know, quality, speed, price. Pick right. two. Can't have all. Can't have all. <laughs> you know well, I mean? and also, what, what benefit to having a realtor to maybe uh, be able to capitalize on the maximum amount that you can get for your house, right? As any seller, they get emotional to the house. They maybe have a certain amount that they want to get. They might get stuck on that where a realtor might be able to help someone and say this is more realistic to what the market is. From a good marketing standpoint, too, Nick, a good agent is going to help you marketing-wise do a lot of things to get the property in condition to get you top dollar, but also then to market it as well. And that's there is an expertise in that. There is a value to a consumer as that. And so, believe me, I'm a guy that loves to save money. But at the end of the day, it's it's the expense side and it's the income side, or in this side, the the price side. So you know, more than anything, talk to a couple agents, talk to a good real estate agent or broker, and say, hey, what are you going to do for me? You know, what are you going to do for me? That's the way I think, and that's the way we kind of talk to our clients. Is what are we going to do for you to get you top dollar? And then we list those things out, and you know, it's a, it's a system that works. You know, we kind of speak the language of consumers. And, um, you know, that's that's kind of what we're about. So, Ryan, after the break, I'd love for you to answer this question for me. When are some of the common times for DIY projects and just bad quality home improvement projects to rear their ugly head <laughs> during the real estate transaction? So we have that and some more stuff when we come back right after this on the All Around Home Improvement Hour. What did he say? Did he see his sister in the Sunday dress? Oh, yeah. It's it's all poetic. It's it's not like country music. You have to think about what they're saying. <laughs> I am thinking about it. figure it out. It isn't literal. A country music is like, I like my sister in a Sunday dress. That's different. Just kidding. That's terrible. <laughs> Yes. Remember, we've Stop. got the attorney in the room here. Move on. Yeah, move on. on. We need, we need right. Wilbert's I advice. Told you, I told you I will get in more trouble with the guy. Actually, I'm happy, though, that Wilbert is a citizen. Was it Wilbur or Wilbert? Wilbert. It's Wilbert. It was Wilbert. I'm happy Wilbert is a citizen of the all-around home improvement I, hour. I have a feeling that Wilbert is a river rat from down around the C- so. CRV um, in the Ramrod area. Ramrod? What do they call him? What's his name? Constable? Yeah. I had a friend who... Constable I actually area. had a friend. Don't, don't out him. Don't out him. Just river rat in the river. I had a friend who grew up near Ramrod. Oh, really? Yep. 
Yeah, it's a nice place. Just wanted to let you know. Spend a lot of time in the Ramrod Park uh, area. <laughs> Guys, this is the all-around home improvement hour. You probably have no idea what we're talking <laughs> yeah. about. And and uh, just a word to the wise, inside jokes make terrible radio, by the way. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, uh, before the break, we're hanging out here with Ryan O'Neill with Minnesota with Minnesota, with the Minnesota real estate team and Bill Geschwind with Minnesota Construction Law Services and, of course, the Polish Powerhouse. Before the break, I asked the question. I really want to know this. You know, so we're talking subcontractor nightmares, yeah. yep. contractor nightmares, uh, and DIY, in particular, problems. And a lot of times, DIY projects can go great. They can end up perfect. You saved... You know, thirty percent of what you would have done, uh, what you would have paid to, to hire a contractor, or whatever the case may be, but then it's time to sell. Yeah, and then it's time to have a transaction on that property. And when do you usually see the problems come? Up? A few different times. First, it comes up meeting the agent and talking to the seller, and they said, "Hey, by the way, we finished the basement, but we didn't pull any Ooh, permits. Yes, we yeah. didn't. We didn't go the proper route. That has to be disclosed." So you need to tell people about that because that's a material fact for a new buyer. They want to know what what the deal is. And so um, a lot of times in that case, it pops up. It pops up during the home inspection process. I always encourage people, even in this market, to get a home inspection. Home inspector, he or she goes through the house, looks at things. We're seeing shit, sloppy construction. She's going to see it. <laughs> that, was not, that, was, yeah. that wasn't what it sounded like. We're going to see the sloppy <laughs> construction. And it's bad. It's really bad. I can only imagine some of the things that they find. But so we see it there, but then we'll also see it um, sometimes too, even prior to closing. It can be prior to closing, Charles, where, um, you know, maybe a final walkthrough, maybe things that might have been missed. But those two initial spots are good. So let me ask you when you have somebody that finished their basement, and that's got to be probably one of the worst scenarios because let's just say, for example, the mechanical permits weren't pulled. And Bill, help us out. Yeah, here. electrical um, HVAC. Because we don't do interiors, so we don't we don't run into this issue. Uh, maybe back in the day, we may have, and I forget how it was handled, but just to be honest, uh, so you have the electrical lines, plumbing lines, things that are now behind walls finished. Right. And there's no permits to show whether they were done the right way or the wrong way. What have you seen to be the process of getting those permits then signed off on? Well, there isn't a process for getting permits then signed off on because there were no permits pulled. What you typically are going are gonna to run into is either homeowners are going to have a problem um, buy, selling the home or buying the home, but the bigger the, the bigger issue I, I think really is is not the pulling the permit and paying the money. Uh, and you kind of touched on it, Charles. It's that construction is not an easy thing, and the reason why generals hire trade partner subcontractors is because they have expertise in the area that they're building. Right. And there are a lot of, of building code requirements that are there for safety reasons, that are there for longevity reasons, um, and. Homeowners who don't have that experience in the industry don't necessarily put things together right. They might put them together functionally, but they're not put together correctly. Mm -hmm. And then when you have a home inspection done, now you've got a mechanical issues that don't meet code. Right. And in order to sell a home, work is going to have to be done to bring those problem areas up to a code condition. Right. Or it's going to become a negotiating standpoint. It's going to knock the value of the house down. Well, what I'm getting at, and maybe you want to add to this. Uh, I just want to say you... YouTube doesn't make you an expert. Right. Because that's what happens. You get a lot of people that are like, well, I watch some videos. You know what it makes you, Stinger? It makes you dangerous. It does. That's right. It's true. All right. Um but what I'm getting at is if you have the walls already put up and all the finish work is done and the painting is done and everything and, and 
now the buyers uh, financing or something is saying, hey, we, we need signed off permits. We need we need this inspected. Um, does deconstruction have to happen? Does does probing have to happen? In a worst case scenario, the improvements that were done that were not permitted and may not have been done correctly or were not permitted or inspected the cities can make you open that stuff up. They'll make you open up the walls. They'll make you prove it. And if they find something that's wrong, they will make you deconstruct and start all over again. And what if it was someone that did something three years? Let's say I'm selling my house and I finished my basement three years ago and I didn't pull a permit and I figured out how to do it all. And now the code changed, right? And now the buyer is asking me to pull a permit. I pull a permit. I did things that are not up to current code. It sounds just like a can of worms. Uh, you're going to have a, a difficult time working with the local building inspectors on things like yeah. that. Yeah, so you'll be undoing things. It's going to cost you a lot of money. Um, you know, get it done right the first time is what really comes comes to mind for me. Um, but unfortunately, not everybody sees it that way or they think that uh, financially this is the best move right now to make because this is the amount of money I have to work with. And if you're going to do it right, why not just pull a permit anyways? I don't like the logic behind me. I'm not pulling a permit to me says, I'm going to do something that I'm not supposed to do. Pulling well, a so, permit oh, says... Some homeowners think they don't have to pull a permit if they're doing the work themselves. I hear that all the time. Yeah. And... Just you have to check with your local communities, find out what the permit requirements are in that in that local city. Talk to the building inspectors. They're also great resources of information for how things should be done. Mm-hmm. They'll help you if you're a homeowner, you're a do-it-yourselfer, you haven't done anything before. Um, if you're going down looking to, as to whether permits are required, they're going to want to see plans. They will help you make certain that the things you're doing are going to meet code and are going to be done in a quality fashion. Bill, one thought that I had, what are you seeing in the legal world with uh, all the storm damage, everything that's been going on the last few years and what you do, you know, helping, um, you know, helping people from a legal standpoint, has your industry been a lot busier the last few years? I mean, have you found more, more people reaching out uh, to you just with, with everything going on? We're, we're seeing with, homeowners tend to be more impatient and they don't understand the volume of work that that came about because of the storm and there's only so many working forces out there so they're trying to get things done quickly and and when the when they're when the good contractors are booked and they're they're pushing people's uh, out on the calendar to get the work done impatient homeowners are finding available contractors and typically, if it, there's an available contractor right now, there's some reason why they're readily available yeah. when other people are way out on a stream. So you're getting a lot of, uh, we're seeing a lot more problems with construction, a lot more construction defect issues. Um, we're seeing a lot more disputes between contractors and homeowners who are looking for things done early. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, it's, 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 it's a problem. And are you able to resolve most cases prior to trial? I mean, are most of the disputes, or are they end up being a mediation, arbitration, that type of thing? No, most, very few disputes ever end up going to trial. It's just way, way too expensive. But they end up becoming money disputes, and somebody ends up paying somebody. Um, usually it's the cost of the litigation, the cost of the process that stops it from going further. Yeah, well, yeah. Re- remember that little story I told in the beginning of the show? Yeah, I this do. This is the moment I was waiting Yes, for. see? <laughs> okay. Setting you up. Wrap we, it up at the end of the show, that's Charles. That's right. We took that subcontractor to court the other day, Bill and I, and we were suited up ready to go, and we had a packet of information, an inch thick, okay. copies for everybody. Um, I couldn't fe- feel more well-prepared. 
Um, there was not one argument that the subcontractor could make. The contractor showed? Oh, yeah, he showed, he showed. up. Uh, wow. Just yeah. to see if somehow yeah. he would get lucky and this whole thing would be thrown out or he's not responsible. Uh, and I think the moral of the whole story is this. It doesn't matter what your warranty says, a year, two years, ten years. Ah, yes. If you screwed it up on day one. Full circle. You're responsible. That's my opinion. I know yep. there's some probably some different uh, variations to that rule or whatever, Bill, but... That's how I look at it. Well, it's it's a I'll say it's an oversimplification, but not an incorrect oversimplification. So if you win, or do you know if you won? Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. So then you we have not to only collect, know that we did, but we did. You have to collect the money. Then, <laughs> yes. Right. We like to win. It's just what we do in life. It's you, we just win. So then collection. Huge. Mon- yeah, right. Monumental. Uh, we also we also um, not only did we win, if you will, the uh, the the agreement for the money owed, but we also. Put together a very nice agreement with the gentleman for how he's going to make the payments. Okay, so we took care. Of Good for you guys. Yeah, yeah, because we don't expect uh, people that run away from problems to have money to pay for problems either. So uh, that's just how it goes in life. Yeah. Ryan O'Neill, final thoughts for the listeners: How can people get involved? MNRealEstateShow.com would love to work with you. We're a team all over the Twin Cities: buyers, sellers, investors. Licensed with Remax Advantage Plus. Uh, great show today, guys. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, Bill Geschwin, final thoughts? Uh, You know, I would just say, I'll bet you Ryan would love to talk to anybody who's even considering selling a home and and, and to just see if it's worth their while to sell a home at this market. Absolutely. We'd love to. Sweet. I agree. I would say just call Ryan. (laughs) Call Nick. He'll take care of everything. That's your final thought. No, my final thought is reach out to all around. We're ready for the spring. My final thought is let's go bow fishing because that's what season's coming up. I can't wait to shoot some carp with my arrow. Got to go by. Yeah.